miss something? Get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Sunshine today. Get that vitamin D. It's uh, fabulously sunny out this morning here on Sunday. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Brian Hanley inside the old National Bank studio. Boy, it's been an eventful week so far, Brian. We've had the NFL Combine come and almost go. One last day to go here of NFL draft coverage. Of course, we'll be covering the draft nonstop until it actually occurs. But of course, something to actually, something tangible to actually talk about has occurred this past week and big big week here at ESPN 1000 as we officially started our partnership with the Chicago Bears we are the home of the Chicago Bears for the 2023 season and going forward so fabulous new announcement that came down this week of course we announced it earlier in November but we were kind of on the uh, old embargo not to talk about it after that date and now we officially can go ahead and shout it from the State Street Studios, we are the home of the Chicago Bears here on ESPN 1000. And it's going to be great. Jeff and Tom will be back on the call. So you got uh, a lot to look forward to. And more importantly, you have the draft to look forward to. Hey, franchise tag day is Tuesday, right? Good Not that point. the Bears are going to be yes. tagging anybody. But we'll see how any of those dominoes fall and what that means uh, in the grand scheme of things for Ryan Poles as he moves forward this offseason. Yeah, Ryan Poles has been doing a lot of talking this week. He has he uh, sat down with Cap and Jay Hood on the Wednesday when we made the announcement from the Combine as the guys were out there. He also did his standard media press conference as the Combine began. And I thought, honestly, refreshing and enlightening in comparison to what we have had to set through in previous years when Ryan Pace was the Bears GM, who frequently... Did his best to, it wasn't even misinformation. He would basically, <laughs> did any question that he felt would in some way give away a position of the Bears, he would d- basically do everything he could to obfuscate and not show his hand at all, which honestly, Ryan Poles, completely different approach in the way he's been handling his media uh, assignments. Yeah, uh, Ryan Pace, the only thing we ever learned when he spoke was he was fired up. Why he was <laughs> yeah. fired up? We don't know, but he was always fired up. And then he would go, the cowardly Ryan would go in hiding for the season and the the team would be off the rails. And, uh, you know, Matt Nagy would be trying to answer questions with word salad and trying to find out the whys, but all in the rearview mirror. So now true test comes for the new regime. We'll see if uh, both uh, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus make for a winning team. Yeah, and so I mentioned Ryan Poles talking. And now keep in mind, there was obviously – the big implication with Jalen Carter, who I think anybody who is a Bears fan, somebody if you're somebody who watches the draft closely, the Bears have been frequently linked, probably most commonly linked, to Jalen Carter. Either if they stay at one, he is the consensus top pick in this draft um, by grades. And then if they even if they move back a couple of slots, whether it be to two with the Texans, maybe forward with the Colts, Oftentimes, you would see Jalen Carter Carter end up with the Bears in the mock. But, of course, as we found out on Wednesday, the arrest warrant was issued for Jalen Carter 
for the reckless driving in Athens, Georgia, on the night of the parade, which, of course, resulted in a fatal crash, not with Jalen Carter's car, but a car uh, carrying a teammates and a Georgia staffer, recruiting staffer, and two additional people. Two were killed in that crash, and Jalen Carter was an arrest warrant was issued because, of course, he was cited for uh, what videotapes uh, apparently show him driving alongside the car that ends up crashing and killing two people. His car was shown driving in a reckless manner, weaving back and forth into oncoming traffic out of as at excessive speeds. Now, ultimately, this is very troublesome. Don't want to obviously diminish the loss of life to the two people. But of course, we are primarily focused on Jalen Carter because this is one of the Bears top targets or would seem to be one of the Bears top targets. And I'm asking you, Brian, here with the way Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus have talked so much about character being important when it comes down to drafting players and bringing in the right people into the Bears organization. Do you think they will consider Jalen Carter still? Uh, they, they will definitely consider him, but they're going to have to do some severe due diligence. And you mentioned the character issue. I mean, there are so many layers to this thing, uh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. He apparently left the scene of the accident. He was involved in the racing, as you said, videotapes. He initially said he came from an apartment complex because he heard the, you know, the the uh, the crash from the apartment complex. You know, so basically told the responding officers he was not involved and obviously they had videotaped to prove they was so he changed his story but leaving the scene of an accident that was so horrific um and then claiming he wasn't even there it's you know it's bad enough to be that reckless and as you said two people died more people could have died Mm -hmm. he could have died because he was going switching lanes going into opposite uh, uh traffic coming the other way other people were on the road so it wasn't just the people involved who could have been involved. Um, but he was also, it turns out, cited for reckless driving back in September. So, yes. again, very minor things in, in a microscope or isolated incidents, but not so much when you add them all together. And when you're using such a, an important asset uh, for the Chicago Bears, if you were to select him number one overall or trade down in hopes that you have a choice between he or Anderson, uh, if you move down to, say, four with the Colts, you know, you have to wonder if Ryan Poles has that comfort level or will have that comfort level to think that this was – and they're not kids being kids. I mean, he's an adult, right? I mean, this it's not 15, 16. You're talking to guys 21, 24, whatever. And so, it, it, you know, red flags are red flags, and um, NFL teams do – as much investigative work as they can. They send people to college campuses to talk to not only the coaches of the team, but, you know, how do they treat the, the kids who are working the water uh, stand or, you mm-hmm. know, sure. how do they treat people? And you're going to get the coach, you know, you're going to have you know, Keith Smart talk, well, we have a great culture here. He's a great kid, blah, blah, blah. Curtis Enos, when the Bears selected him from Penn State, uh, they after the fact, they were very disappointed that they felt like everyone at Penn State misled them about what kind of guy Curtis Curtisinus was. So you have to be very careful about this. But I mean, he showed it at the minimum. He showed poor judgment to be involved, and then to 
lie about not about, about not being involved and then leaving the scene of an accident where it ends up there are fatalities. You, you know, you have to be very careful about just dismissing this as, well, they were just celebrating the big championship and the parade was within a few hours of that. And, and you know, unfortunately, uh, the driver of the car who, who was killed had a uh, was over twice the limit of, of alcohol. Yeah. That's uh, now there's no allegation that the Carter was drinking. And actually, one of the police officers said when he was talking to him, he saw no impairment. It was a few hours or exactly. two hours after the after the uh, after the fact. So I, at, at the minimum, it seems to diminish the flexibility Ryan Pulse would have, either feeling comfortable to trade down and still have an opportunity to to make a choice about which defensive player he wants to take. Um, but conversely, I would argue the Bears had a very good combine and they had no control over it because C.J. Mm. Stroud and Anthony Richardson had a very good combine, one actually throwing the football and one doing measurables that were off the charts. So if you can generate that quarterback uh, derby for teams in desperate need of, of a franchise quarterback, the more the merrier, right? If you can get two or three of those guys involved and, and maybe four teams or five teams involved, now Ryan Poles can start the bidding on the auction. So that's very interesting. You bring up the quarterbacks, and definitely I want to get into that much more as well. I do want to just still remain on Ryan, uh, Jalen Carter just for a moment here because you brought up a lot of points there that I want to respond to. Of course, the fact that he was cited for speeding going 89 in a 45-mile-per-hour speed limit zone in September. Listen, I think plenty of listeners out there, plenty of people have been speeding, maybe never you know, at that uh, that much over the actual limit but still there's plenty of people out there who drive at high rates of speed despite you know despite it but that, again that's excessive right that's why at first why you get cited for reckless driving first and foremost um it's not just your standard 20 miles over in addition to that for that to occur into sub- september and then in conjunction now on the night of the parade clearly they were in a celebratory mood and as you stated for Jalen Carter to change his story, not once, but twice, essentially lying, allegedly lying to the police, you know, and then coming back two hours later to discuss it, you know, makes you wonder exactly, you know, of course, I I think it's understandable. Anybody can, in a terrible situation, panic, making poor decisions. That is not shocking, right? I think the problem, though, is the underlying problem for me is that this is not the first occurrence, right? And then his response in that fashion was less than ideal and also now what we're hearing is that the teams that met with Jalen Carter prior to the arrest warrant being issued on Wednesday those teams that actually had an opportunity to sit down and meet with him on Tuesday apparently word is that he did he gave no indication that this was coming now I can understand why he might want to try and bury it and hope that nothing would you know come to light but the reality is it did and now you have to ask, okay, well, you were trying to skirt it with the police. You were doing your best to ensure that NFL teams didn't find out any more than they needed to. And I think, I think character, more than anything else, like what you mentioned, you know, driving away from the scene of an accident, if nothing else, you would hope that the human element, this, you know, empathy for Absolutely. your fellow, for people you know, right? Yep. Like that's where you would hope in somehow, some way that would overcome that emotion would overcome you and even if you felt like your life was you know i i can i can understand thinking through the idea of oh no i was 
if what allegedly the you know and again cameras that the police have said of him driving assuming that is true and he is not exonerated despite his pleas assuming what happened the police are saying it actually occurred i can understand why somebody would be panicked and freaking out and wanting to just run away especially because he wasn't involved in the crash but the reality is you would hope in that moment seeing friends and teammates in a crash you would the least is to call the police, right? And so I think that's a very troubling sign. Absolutely it is. And the multiple reckless driving offenses is concerning because, again, you would hope that after one, you could kind of say, all right, it was a dumb mistake. Let's not go down this road again. But that has not been the case. So alarming situation for the Bears and how Ryan Poles chooses to approach it is going to be integral in how this organization is formed. Because as we've talked about ad nauseum, this is absolutely a critical year they're set up with all the free agent cap space they've got the number one overall pick to move around with and whether or not they choose to select jalen carter i mean if it's not jalen carter if it's will anderson if they stay high in high in the draft like those are two they could be two very significant forks uh, a significant fork in the road which road they chose choose to go down will ultimately determine the fate of this bears franchise very likely for a long time yeah, and to your point, you know, to to sit down with teams and they didn't ask because they didn't know or um, or you didn't volunteer. It's kind of like the Mike Clevenger Rickon situation, right? Mm-hmm. Rickon basically said, "Well, MLB didn't alert us, and Mike Clevenger and his agent didn't certainly didn't uh, say, oh, by the way, this is going on too.' Before we they signed a contract, there seems to be." I don't know. Ignorance is bliss with Jalen Carter. It's all about Jalen, right? I mean, leaving yes. to actually in the moment think, uh-oh, how does this impact my future? I got to get the hell out of here. When, as you said, your friends are, are you know, in, in a horrific uh, mass of, of a car, you know, hidden utility poles and, and overturned, and you know it's not good. Mm-hmm. And your first thought is, I got to get out of here because what does this do if people know I'm involved? It's poor judgment on every level. I mean, and, and to think in this world, you have to assume you're on camera no matter where you are in public. Yes. You just, you are. Yes. So, I mean, to, it's the, to it's think, the world we live in, whether, it, whether, it's, whether it's cameras all up and down downtown streets or just video phones, you know, chances are somebody got something. So that's a great point, too. It's just, you know, not even understanding the truth of the matter is like you're not the likelihood of you getting away with it is less than slim right at this exactly if it's if it's happening in a heavily populated area it's just not so and and it could have even been worse i mean two oh, people absolutely. died yes you, you could have taken out a family you could have taken out more cars you could have killed yourself i mean it could have been even worse than it was horrific as it is and so you know there i'm sure there are bears fans out there saying well i don't care it's not manslaughter i mean there have been you know obviously nfl players charged with manslaughter and we saw, well, you know, he's a Hall of Fame defensive player. You know, who cares? Just go out and get to the quarterback. Um, I'm sure there are people who think that and think it's all, you know, well, we're just sitting here being Pollyanna about it. If you're Ryan Poles, you're taking this seriously. If you're not, shame on you. And you have a once-in-a-lifetime situation with the number one overall pick, and you hope not to be in that situation again because your team's actually going to be a contending team and a playoff team year in, year out. So you have to this offseason is is huge for the Bears and the foundation upon which you're rebuilding. You better get all the answers and you better feel comfortable with whatever decision you come to. Still plenty to dive in in regards to this topic. If you'd like to join us, 312 
332-3776. Also, Brian mentioned big day for the quarterbacks, and does that help the Bears? Does it help the Bears, Bry, or does it actually hurt them? Let's talk about that next. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Hanging out with you till 11 o'clock today on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Talking about the NFL Combine this past week. Combine wraps up today. We had the quarterbacks throw yesterday and also go through plenty of the drills. And the probably the most anxiously awaited question was answered. When Bryce Young officially weighed in at 204 pounds yesterday, measured five foot ten, and so I guess I don't know what I, I don't know what this means, Bry, because you can, if you were somebody who was who has fallen in love with Bryce Young, I guess you can put your mind a little bit at ease because he hit the arbitrary number of 204. But my question is, if Bryce Young couldn't remain healthy in college. What makes you really think that going up against bigger, stronger, faster defenders in the NFL who are in all likelihood going to be hitting him more frequently and harder, what makes you believe that he's going to be able to sustain the punishment at the NFL level, level just because he packed on you know, 15 additional pounds before the combine? Well, and I think uh, he was listed in college at six foot, right? Correct. Which... I mean, at a minimum, NFL, you know, executives like six foot versus five ten, um, six two, six three, six four work that much better. So yeah, it's it's and you know you what I wait on. I will say uh, I do put a little more stock in the height when the when that comes in because, like you said, that's something that oftentimes you'll see manipulated in college and not just in football, but of course basketball as well. And then when they get to the combine, that matters for a quarterback because just the basic ability to yep. see over the line and Absolutely. also you know balls being batted down. So I understand that a little bit more, wanting to know that actual number, but the weight that still concerns me. Yeah, and look, I mean, it concerns. It will concern a lot of NFL executives and front offices because um, you can, you know, weight can fluctuate. You can get on a diet, and, and you can, you know, do things. I don't believe Bryce, Bryce is going to have another growth spurt at this point in his life. He's not going to, you know, shoot up to six two in the, in the next three years. Unlikely. So, so that that's a concern, and it's. I mean, look, we we've seen the size of hands become. Headlines, yeah. right? Sure. Uh, I remember back, uh, Rex Grossman. He had little hands, and that's you know when he kept putting the ball on the ground, people kept coming back. Well, did you see what his hands measured at the combine? Not so big. So, you know, th- there there is no the minutia that front offices go over is amazing, and that will certainly be an issue for some front offices. Maybe not to the point where they absolutely take them off the draft board. But they might knock him down a couple pegs because of it. But uh, you know, then you had Anthony Richardson do all the the athletic stuff off the charts that people didn't see coming, and now people saying, "Well, he's number one overall. He's your guy." 
And yet C.J. Stroud did the actual football work. He was out there dealing, and, and you know, people said he was like an ace pitcher, watching an ace pitcher uh, go through nine innings and whatever he wanted to do, paint the corner, he could paint the corner. Go deep, he could go deep. So, it, it you know, those things matter, and they matter in a big way. Yeah, so Bryce Young, here's, like, I do wonder clearly what he was able to accomplish when he was healthy and playing in college was undeniable, but the questions about size are there and legitimate to your point. And I wonder a lot of people have, you know, I know McShay mentioned he sees a miniature Patrick Mahomes with him and that's all great when you throw out the, yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And that's the problem, right? And again, I'll go back to the fact that he, he was getting hurt in college. I think, If you're somebody who wants Bryce Young, I can understand seeing a path where if you can keep him upright and healthy, you think you could have success with him. But I'm struggling to come to grips with the reality that somebody's truly going to trade up for Bryce Young. And that's where I think I think the question is, were the Bears hurt or helped by the performances? Because you mentioned C.J. Stroud, rave reviews from what he was doing in the passing drills yesterday. Anthony Richardson, as you said, sets an all-time record for uh, Raz score, which is the relative athletic score for those who are unaware. Just crushed it. Uh, it's on, and it's on a scale of 0 to 10. He hit a 10. He, he broke the record for uh, broad jump and vertical jump for a quarterback and again i don't know how significant it is for a quarterback's ability to jump but it just goes you know also by the way he ran a 44440 which that does matter right not so bad yeah yeah and you know we all know his size he's at the elite level he um you know has big hands long arms so he crushed it and there have been a lot of people who have toyed around with the notion of richardson possibly being the number one overall pick. And I do wonder, you know, we heard from uh, uh, Jim Ursay. We kind of just dropped in the nugget, remember, in that presser that, hey, the kid from Alabama is pretty good. And uh, Chris Ballard has mentioned how if there is a quarterback in the draft, you know, in there that we like, we'll go up and get him. We'll we'll move heaven and earth to get him. But I wonder if this is misdirection by the Colts and others, because I think I don't think. Bryce Young is going to be the guy that people go up and get. I do think, though, maybe the Colts are throwing that name out there, hoping that someone you know goes ahead and grabs him, leaving either Richardson or Levis or even C.J. Stroud on the board for them at four. And if I just mentioned I rattled off three quarterbacks in addition to Bryce Young there. That's where I wonder, is what happened, these good displays by the quarterbacks at the Combine, is that problematic for the Bears extracting as much value as they hope because I, you know, when you've got four good quarterbacks, I don't know if you've got one elite one. Well, it's a great question because you know the more the merrier. Question mark because look, the ideal for the Bears would be that there's one go to hell. Everyone agrees this is the guy can't miss quarterback. You got to go get him because he's going to be you know Hall of Famer and he's going to have well you know he is Pat Pat the next Patrick Mahomes not miniature, and that guy doesn't apparently exist in this draft. But that said, there's we went over it a few weeks ago. 10, 12 teams that need a quarterback, and maybe make an argument 15, by the way. So as we see every draft in draft night, quarterbacks go. I mean, they'll be four or five go in the top 10, no matter the question marks, whether it's, you know, 5'10 and 204 or um, whatever. They're, they're, teams will get itchy, and they'll want to be in a position to hopefully solve their quarterback situation. 
I mean, the fact that you look at the Giants, okay, uh, they're going to tag Tan, uh, Daniel Jones Tuesday for $32 million because they couldn't come to a, a long-term agreement with him. And this is a team that opted not to pick up his fifth-year option, and then he had a really good year under Brian Dable, and, you know, he and his agent believes he earned some serious money, <laughs> and they're leaving the combine without having gone through negotiations So and no contract to show for it. So what, what do they do? I mean, they can tag him for a year. That buys him some time. He could even agree by June or July to that long-term contract they haven't agreed to yet. Mm-hmm. But they're, they have to figure out, okay, what does life look like without Daniel Jones if, we, if we're not willing to pay him? So there are plenty of teams, and um, all you need is one team to fall in like you know Ryan Pace did with, unfortunately, Mitch Trubisky, fall in love with a guy and said, I have to get him no matter the cost whether it's Chris Ballard and the Colts or whomever. I mean, it's Carolina. Mm-hmm. I, I saw you know an interesting scenario where Carolina sitting at number nine could be a dance partner with the Bears. So it, it works. Ryan Pulse take, keeps the pick. I don't think he wants to do that. I think he wants to parlay for draft assets. But at worst, he keeps the pick and, and takes Carter perhaps and or takes a Will Anderson perhaps and, and lives with it if he believes that guy's a difference maker on defense. Yeah, no, you, I think you're, you know what, here, I'll play it right now. This was Ryan Poles on uh, Tuesday when he initially met the media when the combine opened up. And he was asked specifically, hey, ideally, would you, would you prefer to trade back? Yeah, it just depends um, how far back. Um, but, yeah, we do, we need a lot, and that gives us more opportunity to bring in more players. So um, it's a good situation to be in for where our club is. Um, but at the same time, you know, when I talk about where guys are on the draft chart, if we have someone that's so high and in a special category that says, you know what, you know, this guy's going to affect our team both from a culture standpoint and also from a game day standpoint, then that might be the best thing to do as well. Um, but in a vacuum, like, yeah, moving back gives you more uh, opportunities to hit more players um, and continue to add to the core of this team. That should come as no real surprise. I guess more than anything, it's the honesty that I'm yep. going to have to get accustomed to when you're listening to the Bears GM speak because Adam Schefter sent out the, you know, it, it got a lot of run, the famous tweet on Monday about, hey, the Bears are on the clock. Uh, they're open for business. Come get the, tr- the number one overall pick if you want it. Um, and I have no doubts that that is the way Ryan Poles is trying to approach this. But I do wonder, um, I guess if, you're right. There's always going to be a team that wants to go up and get a quarterback. And I guess, if anything, if we kind of put this all together here, you know, Jalen Carter's uncertainty, you know, now that, that makes him, I don't know how, how quickly the Bears would want to pull the trigger on him in a high spot, right? Like, I don't know if they would, if they move back to, to four or five, I don't know if, you know, they still would feel comfortable taking Jalen Carter there. So that hurts them a little bit. And, it, and I do think with all these quarterbacks, you know, showing out yesterday, I do wonder if maybe some of the teams that are sitting up high aren't going to feel threatened because they'll be okay with a fallback option of some of these QBs. And so I, you're right. There will be a trade there for polls if he wants it, but more than likely now, I feel like it's, he has to come to grips with coming way back or at least, you know, in the, you know, nine, 10, maybe in the teens range. And that's where you have to get comfortable. If you're the bears GM with the players that are there for you, because that's a significant drop in a draft, right? If you go from well, in the- it, it, it is, but under the scenario, I think it was um, uh, Jeremiah who put it out mm-hmm. there. 
and, and look, you know, Adam Schefter said it. If if you're dealing number one, uh, no matter how far back you're going, it's a couple first round picks and then some and then some. So if you get Carolina's nine and then as he projected number thirty nine, but then two future first round picks, now you get. This might not be the strongest draft of all time. It, it certainly doesn't appear to be. So now if you get a 24 and a 25 first-round pick, you get two more bites at the apple at what might be uh, arguably better drafts. So you could live with that, I would think, right? And yeah, you, no. might not, you might not get the Hall of Fame defensive player you envisioned two weeks ago, but you get three bites at the apple. Hopefully two at least two of those guys turn out to be, you know, uh, uh, guys that can lead your team to to the playoffs year in, year out. Yeah, no, listen, if if you go back and trade with the Carolina Panthers, and uh, I know you you just mentioned Daniel Jeremiah, I know Pro Football Focus put together a very comprehensive look at possible trade partners for the Bears, the Panthers, and they did so with some of the, you know, the draft charts, not Jimmy Johnson's, but just some of the more updated ones as well and the value and the trade, the proposed trade with the Carolina Panthers that Pro Football Focus put together was the Bears giving up, obviously, the number one overall pick, which is worth 3,000 draft points. And in in return, the Bears would receive the Panthers number nine this year, the 61st overall in this year's draft. And then in addition to that, as you just mentioned, two more first-rounders, their 24 first-rounder and their 25 first-rounder, which would be a total of 3,642 points. So that would actually be you know, compelling, at least in pro football focus's view, for the Bears to go ahead and give up that pick. So yet, as you mentioned, that would be a significant haul, and you would be getting two first-rounders in the future. But what I love about that, too, Bri, is the potential. It's not, it's not a lottery in the NFL, but a little bit of lottery luck here because when a – a team is drafting a young quarterback. You know, chances are they're going to be starting him very soon. Sure, and all sure. of a sudden, you you may have the Panthers, you know, first-round pick next year. And if they're going to go through an entire season starting a rookie quarterback, well, that That'd probably bodes well for that draft status of that pick that you'd be getting in return. So I do like that idea. Plenty more to talk about. 312-332-3776. Uh, we talked about some of the quarterbacks. I will let you hear from the QBs. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. And uh, even Justin Fields' former wide receiver at Ohio State had some nice things to say about him. We'll let you hear from that next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. with you on Sunday morning here on ESPN 1000 talking NFL combine bears options with the first overall pick trading back what they might do with Jalen Carter now that he's got some interesting legal entanglements he needs to deal with we were just talking about all the quarterbacks having pretty good days in regards to their heights their weights and their off the chart Raz scores, Anthony Richardson setting records all over the place yesterday. The Florida quarterback prospect who maybe, just maybe, might propel himself to number one overall. We'll see if any team falls in love with uh, him and convinces themselves that he's worth it. We'll see. Is there a Ryan Pace 
in uh, somewhere amongst the NFL GMs ready to fall in, fall in love and convince themselves that Anthony, Anthony Richardson is the guy. Um, Bryce Young, Bry, weighed in on his small stature uh, the other day at the NFL Draft Combine. I've been this size, uh, you know, respectfully my, my whole life. Um, you know, I, I know who I am. Um, I, you know, I know what I can do. And, you know, for me, you know, I think it, it, it's fair. You know, everyone can, can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary. But, you know, I'm going to continue to control what I can control. I'm um, keep working my hardest to put myself in a good position. And I'm confident in myself. I know what I can do. And, you know, I'm just excited to get to that next level. And he talked about being asked by all these teams about his size. I speak my truth. Um, you know, I, I, I make sure I how I play the game, you know, how I see the game, my process, um, you know, how I'm able to, to, to get through things. Um, you know, obviously there, there's stuff of film and, and on the board. And, you know, it's just talking ball, uh, X's and O's. Um, you know, coaches I feel like, you know, I've asked about, you know, how I've, how I've gotten, um, you know, to throughout plays and through reads and all that. And, again, um, I've been around so many great football minds being in these meetings and, you know, being able to talk about, you know, one myself and then be able to pick their brains and, and see how, you know, they, they run their offense, be able to learn from that. Um, you know, I think it's been a lot of back and forth, and I'm super grateful for it. As a pocket passer and a guy who can throw from so many different platforms, he clearly has a lot of talent, but can he overcome the size question? That is the question. Well, look, I mean, his confidence is unbelievable. He seems like a very mature kid. He's very impressive on every level. He's coming out of certainly a a winning program. There's no question about what what that looks like at Alabama, right, And, and how they go about their business. I mean, he's basically been in a pro situation through his college years, right? That's when, you know, Florida, not so much, right? I mean, C.J. Stroud, he's used to, to winning as well, even though we know the history of, of, you know, Ohio State quarterbacks and people still point fingers at Justin Fields and saying you shouldn't have done that because the, the history is not great. But when you hear both uh, Bryce Young and also um, C.J. Stroud at the podium yeah. explaining and talking and answering all questions, you feel pretty good about that leadership ability uh, you know, the, the IQ, the football IQ, the mentality, the maturity, they check all those boxes, certainly. And then you can go back and, and look at the winning that, that they did in college, too. You, they, you absolutely can foresee them being the CEO of the football program, right? When, absolutely. By whoever they're drafted, they wear that very well. You mentioned C.J. Stroud. He was asked the other day about Justin Fields um, and his ability as a runner. He ain't no damn running back. He's a quarterback, and he, he can sling that rock. So I'm going to stand up for my brother every time, and, and he's going to do great things in his career, and I'm excited to play with him. Uh, and then there was a follow-up uh, to C.J. Stroud. Hey, have you thought about potentially being the top pick and maybe playing for the Bears? I mean, no, I don't want to go there. I mean, that, that's that's his team. So, uh, But, I mean, I think I got to do my I gotta do my thing. I got to go build my legacy, and I know he and he's rude to me. He texted me uh, yesterday morning. So uh, me and him are, are brothers for life. It's funny because I know we're Chicago-centric here, but I wonder, man, is there any player being talked about more at the Combine who's not a professional than Justin Fields? He has got to be the hottest topic who's not a player at the Combine of anybody else there that this week. Well, absolutely. Only because of the situation the Bears find themselves on. Thank you, Lovey Smith. Uh, you know, the in mm-hmm. because... Well, he went ahead. I don't know if Lovey knew he was getting, uh, getting the boot after that game, but he won that game and gave the, the Bears a gift-wrapped number one overall pick that the Texans would have loved to have had. So through some sheer luck, uh, it fell in Ryan Pohl's lap. And that's why everyone's like, well, Justin Fields, we know he can run. And he is among eligible quarterbacks, the uh, worst passing quarterback in the NFL. So there's that. And yet we all want to believe and, and do believe to a degree that 
given the right weapons around him and the upgrades that the front office has to make for him, he will be the guy eventually, whether it's two years from now, three years from now. Um, we have to see a huge leap next, next year, no matter what Ryan Poles puts around him. He has to be a better passing quarterback. Another person who had a good day at the Combine yesterday, somebody who Bears fans have been very interested in, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State wide receiver who did play with Justin Fields for a year and had a, a very productive year, um, was asked yesterday about his connection with Justin Fields. Uh, you know, just being in practice with him, making plays, uh, getting open, you know, in practice for him and catching the ball and just doing what I do, you know, uh, and him doing what he does. So I feel like, you know, we, we definitely have a little connection, you know, back in the day, but hopefully we can, you know, maybe do it again. And I bring that up because I do know Justin Fields was quoted earlier this offseason talking about how he would love to see the Bears go out and draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know if it lines up based on where he's going to probably end up being taken because, I I mean, unless we get to a situation where the Bears do trade pretty far back in the first round because he seems like a guy who will end up going in the teens, you know, but the Bears don't want to take him like in the top five. It would seem like they would have to make two trades, right? Trade in and at some point get one of those picks that would be in that neighborhood where you could go ahead and get him. And by the way, he he didn't hurt C.J. Stroud's passing performance yesterday either. He was on the receiving end Mm -hmm. a lot of those passes, so. Yeah, no, great point there. I'll give you one more, too. This was Will Anderson. <laughs> like, you've even got defensive ends chiming in uh, because they're being asked about Justin Fields. Remember, Will Anderson played against Justin Fields in in college when he was a uh, freshman, and Justin Fields was obviously leading Ohio State to deep runs in the college football playoff. Yeah, he's a great player. So going into that game, he was like, we got to contain him. Like, we can't let him run all over the place. We got to make sure he stays in the pocket. But he's a fantastic athlete. He's from Georgia as well, so I'm a little familiar with him as well. But I'm super excited, and I think he's going to have a really great career. So the, the topic du jour all over the place, Justin Fields, everybody <laughs> everybody being asked about him. It's just, it's. I mean, listen, I know we're in Chicago, so we're Chicago-centric, but man, I can't remember a player in the league being asked this much, you know, by uh, the draft prospects being asked this much about one guy who's already in the league. No, I, I've never seen it in all these years. And it's just, it, it's such, I mean, that's the unique situation that he and the Bears find themselves in. And it's, it's you know, and he's still relatively new to the league. So there's overlap with guys who are going to get drafted this year. So, but Justin Fields, as we said about, you know, uh, Bryce Young and, and, and C.J. Stroud, we already know he checks all the intangible boxes, right? We like his uh, work ethic. We like his leadership ability. We like his want to. We just need to know if he actually has the arm and once he's given the time and the talent around him to go out there and be a pocket passer and, and actually run an offense that isn't dependent on him breaking a 25, 30-yard run. He's Brian Hanley. I'm Jeff Meller, 312-332-3776. We're going to chat with uh, Ben Pope of the Sun-Times, covers the Blackhawks. He's going to join us, uh, I think, going to hop on at 10 o'clock here, react a little bit to Patrick Kane officially being moved and the full rebuild that the Blackhawks are officially in. We're going to check in with him in about 10 minutes from right now. A little more on the NFL Combine if you'd like to join us again, 312-332-3776 on your home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN 1000. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. This is Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
out with you here on Sunday morning, talking NFL, the draft combine, and of course the Bears. Bry, we uh, got word from the NFL Network a revelation that uh, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus had an interesting way of trying to bring out the competitiveness in the guys they were interviewing. Yeah, just hardworking guys that love football. We talk about it all the time, you know. I think some of the best players in this league have they're, they're passionate about football and we want to see that come out of them we want to see the competitive side come out of them so we were talking uh, before we got here and Flus was like you know what can we do to kind of loosen the guys up and see if they got a little competitive juice to them so uh, we decided on darts and, and putt putt darts darts and putt putt okay so you yeah. come in and you say you hit the bullseye okay I'm gonna and it's, we're competing it's yeah. here's our wide receivers coach go up against them is that what it is yeah or? that's exactly what it is yeah there's been some interesting outcomes too yeah yeah the coaches aren't that great at it. No, so, but the, no they're actually, yeah. Okay. The players are way better than yeah, the coaches, like, that's for sure. A good thing or a bad thing that you're better at darts. No, never mind. Yeah, right, um, right. Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles on the NFL Network with Peter Schrager earlier this week. So, darts and putt-putt. Uh, if you had the choice, Brian, you're in a, the middle of a job interview, get to know you, you going putt-putt or darts? Ooh, um, I'm probably going, boy, it's been a long time since I played darts and it usually was at a bar after a couple of beers. That, yes. I'll probably go putt-putt. See, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. That was my initial thought is that if you're doing darts, you need a brew in your hand just to feel comfortable. It's you can throw darts, but I feel like you, you need you need a beer in the left hand. Otherwise, it just doesn't feel natural I, I, because not, I'm, I'm not because only I'm that, it, 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 and I mean, darts in pool in a bar. There's a there's a sweet spot. There's a window there mm-hmm. between maybe the second and third beer that yes. you can do no wrong. You can run a table even though you're not a very good pool table, <laughs> yes. a pool player, and then you have that next beer, and you, you know, there goes the, the cue ball off the table, and, you know, everyone's looking at you like, you know, get that stick out. I'm saying it, it, it's bowling too, right? All, all the things you do normally when you're having a, you yes. know, having some beers with buddies, there's that, that weird window where you all of a sudden you're throwing a, a turkey. You got, you know, three straight strikes and you're, you're strutting around like you, you, you own the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're tripping over the imaginary line and, and falling on your face. So there's that, that weird window. At least that's been my experience through the years. Pro- probably hard to set up a makeshift bowling alley, though, just for the, the 15 minute <laughs> interview. But no, it's a great, it's a great point, though. <laughs> Even in the pool table too. That's uh, it's a bit uh, cumbersome to try and set yeah. up in these small spaces. Uh, but yes, no, I, I was uh, I was amused by that. And I do I like that they're thinking outside the box here, right? Like I think it's interesting yeah. that they're like, okay, let's do something that makes it a, a, we set ourselves apart in a little bit um, and try and put the players in a mindset where they're a little more at ease um, and maybe we can observe the competitiveness that comes out. Uh, I'll be curious, like on draft night. Um, or you know, at the or in the coming in the days after the draft, to hear Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus talk about whatever player they end up end up drafting, if, if it's somebody who they had an opportunity with, to interact with at the combine, I'll be curious to see you know what they thought of his darts or putt putt game when it hey, was taking you know place. They could have done bags and you know Bob oh, here, bags, love it. A long time uh, bear scribe uh, in you know been around the team forever. Down at Bourbon A, mm-hmm. he and a couple of the other beat guys would. Uh, re- what was the? Uh, I can't remember the name of the bar. CJ's or J, whatever it was. But yeah, yeah. as soon as everyone filed their stories and got done with their work, I mean, they owned the bags uh, game at that bar every single night, every single training camp. Love it. Little uh, cornhole for anybody who wants to jump in. If if uh, yeah. darts or putt putt's not your game, let's try Jared, who's in Dubuque. Hey, Jared, what's going on? You're on with Meller and Hanley. 
Hey, Jared. Hello. We went to Jared. Oh, I guess not. All right. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm trying. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going putt putt there because I feel like uh, I'm, I'm just a little more comfortable doing that. And I'm going to guess the uh, the hotel room didn't have shag carpeting, so they could do putt putt. Um, but, you know, unless you're in a really bad motel, I don't think I still have shag carpeting. But um, um, yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm 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 just yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around uh, if any of these guys got like super competitive about it too, and were like just upset if they you know if, <laughs> you like to change the whole one more demeanor. time. Okay, best Come out on. of three. Come on, yeah, I mean, come on, Lucy. I'd rather see. I'd rather see that than Ryan Poles falling in love. Remember Mitch Trubisky was driving his grandmother's old oh, Toyota Camry yes. or Honda Civic, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and Ryan Poles was like fascinated by that story and told him to drive it up. Yeah. From from North Carolina. You know, like, make sure you bring that to Hell's Hall. It was like that to to Ryan Poles' mind, that made him like humble or just some. It was like the main selling point because oh. he kept Ryan, Ryan Pace kept bringing it up every press conference. So like, go oh, and see the car he's driving. I know. living oh. It lives in infamy. You're right. No, yeah. And I know. He, he drove the franchise right into a ditch. Is yeah. What it did. Absolutely. 312 332 3776. I'm Jeff Miller along with Brian Hanley. All right, up next, we're going to check in with Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun Times. The Blackhawks have officially, I guess, uh, completed the teardown for the 2022 23 season as they move forward. Patrick Kane is officially gone. He has played a couple games now for the New York Rangers. He discussed what it felt like uh, and why he finally gave his okay. To the Blackhawks, and we'll talk to Ben about how that played out and just where the franchise is and how far until they can actually be competitive again. We'll do that next right here on ESPN 1000.